What is guanin peeps? What is guanin? I know it's been a while, but I'm reading the inner work, an invitation to true freedom and lasting happiness. And we were left it at chapter three, part two. So I'm going to carry on from there. And if you've forgotten, which I probably have as well, it's this chapter is called the human plight. And it's, it's a further explanation as to why we need to do inner work in the first place. So I'm going to carry on from there. So it says here, if you want to remember the truth of who you really are and begin to move beyond the limitations of the ego mind, spend some time with nature. Contemplate the perfection of a flower. Observe the magic and mystery of the night stars. Take a bite of a mango. Deeply look into the eyes of another. Observe the innocence of animals. Hold someone you love as if it was their last time. Look out at Look out over the vastness of an ocean or just become aware of the fact that you are breathing. All the melodramas that you believe make up your life are only an illusion distracting you from the grander truth that you even get the opportunity to exist at all. Nature's wonder will reveal that you are no different than the life within the plants, the energy of the earth, the sea, the fire and the air, of the spirit of the animals. Your consciousness and gift of life is the same as all other life on this planet. All equally blessed to be, experience and exist at all. All is equally divine, perfect and full of love. We just have to have the eyes to see it, whether waiting in traffic, washing a dish or getting interrupted. With the removal of mindless mentality, all moments can be experienced with the remembrance that life is a gift to be enjoyed and praised. So here's a quote here and it says, This is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged in what you are doing in the here and now. And instead of calling it work, realise it is play. And that is as quote by Alan Watts. So, rediscovering your innocence. The purpose of the inner work is to realise nothing is holding you back from pure joy in life except your own ego's inner resistance. Self-realisation is the disassociation with the layers of disguise you have been wearing and reassociation with your true self of unconditional love. It's the return of your childlike nature before you, you pile on the layers of mindness. An embodiment of pure surrender, pure trust, pure presence. Children and enlightened sages actually have a lot in common. Both are innocent, fearless and present. The only difference between the child and the enlightened sage is naivety and wisdom. As a child, you were naively innocent and thus you allowed the outer world to dim your light. Now. As a practitioner of the inner work, you are wisely innocent, choosing to remain happy and innocent despite the struggles and challenges of life. This is your own testimony of the power of the truth. Through your experiences, regardless of what has happened to you, here you are still choosing to trust in love and the goodness of life. That is what makes you truly courageous and powerful. That is what makes you wise. You can do it. You can do this. We know this discussion on the ego mind can be a lot to face at the first. And it's not meant to be insulting or overwhelming. It's meant to re-empower you and assist you in remembering the truth of who you really are. 
push past the mind's initial discomfort and buckle up because this may be uncomfortable for a while depending on how tightly the ego is clinging don't worry though remembering the truth will be worth it guaranteed look at it this way you are so powerful that you can be happy satisfied and free right now in the life you are currently living despite your your current circumstances all you have to do is push past your ego's resistance which is a monumental demonstration of your strength nothing external needs to change you already have within you everything you need to transform your experience of life all you see in your world is the outcome of your idea about it and that's a quote by neil donald walsh no matter what you find might no matter what your mind is saying as you tr as to why your story is different or why you need your circumstances to change in order to be happy and free disregard these excuses for now and keep reading the truth is we all have equal access to inner liberation and it's entirely within our own control and power to access it it's only a matter of choice inner discipline and exercising our spiritual will no one can take this opportunity to choose to, to um, choose from you it's just a matter of accepting the truth of your innate empowerment and discover the inner work to stay there you're magnificent perfect whole and complete you are radiant influential full of love and so important which is why it is imperative for you to realize the truth of who you really are for all the suffering the world comes from the forgetting of who who we are this message was prepared and meant specifically for you you are intended for so much more and it's time to accept this more happiness more love more gratitude more peace more fulfillment and more purpose there is no limit on this type thing called life you have just begun to scratch the surface of your potential bondage is of the mind freedom too is of the mind and that quote was from ramaskarashka ramakrishna ramakrishna okay so changing your focus true happiness is lasting and ever present not to be confused with the temporary hints of pleasure that come from external ego gratifications we get tastes of pleasure when we are able to successfully manipulate conditions and people to meet our ego's expectations. Mm -hmm. It makes us feel like we are in control of our circumstances and this is satisfying to the ego sense of mindness. My life, my circumstances, my desires met. While this may be temporary satisfying, inevitably circumstances will shift out of our control. When this is revealed, the ego mind becomes terrified of its lack of control. In order to cope with this fear of the unknown, it creates mental delusions through judgment, opinion, inner commentary and constant evaluation of how of life, of how life should be to mask its existential insecurity. In reality, the ego mind knows nothing but has the audacity to claim it knows it all. When internalised, the ego judges itself harshly and cowers in fear at the challenges of life and seeks to make us fear, feel powerless and a victim. When projected externally, the ego fear comes out through its desire to manipulate its conditions, circumstances and other people through force. 
Using force, however, will always leave it feeling defeated because life has a divine will of its own, which is far more powerful. We can only unlock the true fountain of freedom through surrendering. The ability to, sur to surrender to the divine will is actually the most powerful demonstration of our freedom. This is because surrendering requires us to have immense strength and inner discipline to consciously ignore the demands of a resilient, fearful ego. The ego is rooted in fear and lack and therefore cannot have faith and trust in something higher than it. Whenever we consciously ignore the demands of the ego to either cower in fear and victimization or attack with aggression and force, we, we prove our, liber our liberation interesting i'm going to read that again when whenever we consciously ignore the demands of the ego ego to either cower in fear or victimization or attack with aggression and force we prove our liberation the one who is no longer servant to the demands of the ego mind is the only one who is truly free by challenging our ego's agenda we take the focus off the external circumstances which is resisting and instead focus on the resistance itself. Through this very conscious redirection of our focus away from our outer experience and inner, our inner one, we can access true freedom and lasting happiness. This might seem like wishful thinking since lasting happiness is not what you have been experiencing thus far in life. But that's only because we're collectively falling asleep because lost it, become lost in a dream of or nightmare that we can't seem to wake up from. Everyone you know probably believes that ego's thoughts tries to control their circumstances and have expectations of their external conditions and the people around them. And the fact that almost an entire species is living their way, only living this way, only makes it that much easier to go along with it. It's like one massive con. Wow. The bigger the trick and the older the trick, the easier it is to pull based on two principles. They think it can't be that old and it can't be that big. For so many people to have fallen for it. Jake Green in the film Revolver. Okay. Wow. Ignorance is still ignorance no matter how many people are supporting it. This simple understanding has mutated it mutated into an entire species lost in confusion of pain that was not necessarily intended and does not have to remain the suffering of painful experiences in our lives and the lives of others around us have not been a reflection of who we are but a reflection of who we are not so the con Unknowingly, we have allowed our outer circumstances, other people's actions and external gratifications or losses to determine how we feel inside. Tell us who we are and define us as beings. The ego's entire system of self-worth is externally dependent, thus leaving us vulnerable to disappointment and suffering. No matter how triumphant an ego may become in life, it ultimately must always face the inevitable inevitability of death and change all external things will turn to rust hence jesus jesus's teaching store not your treasures upon that which moth and dust can corrupt 
but instead invest in that which is immortal and of the kingdom of heaven. And that is from the Holy Bible, Matthew 16, verses 19 to 20. So interesting. <clears throat> just just think about what happens to us when there are unexpected delays, the grocery bills more than we anticipated, an obligation is sprung on us last minute, someone cancels on plans makes we made weeks in advance, or perhaps our partner forgets to run an important errand we specifically asked for. The smallest of things can steal our joy, sometimes for a moment or sometimes for an entire day. We may even keep a running tally of other people's actions to collect proof and validation of our ongoing disappointments. And those are just some of the common situations we experience in life. Now think about what happens to us when with much bigger unforeseen life altering situations occur like trauma, a death or a natural disaster. Sometimes these events steal our happiness for weeks, months or even years. This jaded mentality can seep into every corner of our lives. On the other hand, circumstances can trigger glimpses of pleasure, like when someone compliments us, our bills are less than we expected, we get to leave work early, or our partner surprises us with a romantic gesture. We credit all of these experiences, good or bad, with the power to control our mood based on what is happening out there. This is why we have spent our entire lives trying to control our circumstances. The result of this externally focused perspective is that circumstances become the authority over our inner perception of life. This is ironic because of all of life is actually an inner subjective experience. This limited way of thinking will leave us forever riding a roller coaster of highs and lows elations and sorrows and while it is absolutely true that we are all interconnected and affected by each other in our in our environments our perspectives and beliefs are not innately controlled by anything outside ourselves we always have and always will have freedom of choice of how to respond and it it is the higher themes of consciousness which unlocks our ability to transcend circumstances through powerful perspectives of love and optimism. Be happy for no reason like a child. If you are happy for a reason, you're in trouble because that reason can't be taken from you. And that quote was from Dr. Deepak Chopra. So let's letting go of attachment to circumstances. What if experiences and situations are just passing moments, like clouds moving through the sky? What if they are just what's happening and you are just watching it all? What if everything will pass and good and the bad? What if everything just, just is what is beyond labelling and judging? What if none of it defines you? It is impossible to own a moment, a situation or experience, yet our ego can't help but cling and, and grasp. By becoming attached to our experiences as part of our identity, the ego causes suffering by blocking life's natural flow, like trying to swim upstream. Whether it's being stuck in the past or waiting for the future, we miss out on now, but it doesn't have to be this way. We can let go of our attachment to what is happening inside of ourselves and become free within just as the sky is unchanged by the clouds passing within it. The bliss of life can shine through us despite uncomfortable circumstances by practicing non-attachment and surrender. 
If you realise that all things change, there is nothing you will try to hold on to. And that quote was by Loud Tools. Circumstances can only rule us so long as we declare it the ruling authority. It is actually us who hold the key to happiness and contentment. It has always been us. By doing the inner work, we will inevitably uncover a deep satisfaction for life regardless of circumstances. A satisfaction we have had long access to all along. So self-inquiry. The great philosopher Socrates urged humanity to examine one's life, one's life to the point of even suggesting it is not worth living otherwise. If we are in, to truly live, we must question the nature of our own thoughts and emotions. Let's give this examination a try now. After reading these texts, these next few sentences, make an attempt to consciously quiet the inner chatter of your mind. Give yourself at least five minutes of complete inner silence. You can keep your eyes open or you can close them, but see if you can allow yourself to sit in a quiet silence without the mind interrupting you with thinking. You can even set a timer. This exercise will help you understand the nature of your mind and serve as an asset in your inner work progression. Go ahead and try it now. Sit still and see if you can quiet the thoughts in your mind for five minutes. Wow. Okay. So, put it on pause, do that, and then come back. Okay? So, how did it go? More than likely, this exercise was more challenging than anticipated. This is to be expected. Notice if judgment or frustration arises now that this exercise is over. That is still the ego mind doing what it does best. Don't worry about it too much. Just take notes on what the mind did during the exercise and what it is doing now that the exercise is complete. You probably witnessed that the mind was impossible to control and that is because it has been the controlling authority within you for far too long without you knowing it. This is a great exercise for it reveals the tenacity of the mind, how dominant it is within us and yet never questioned or even noticed. Although these things are seemingly impossible to stop, you are however aware that you are thinking, which changes everything. If you are able to observe your own thoughts, who is actually doing the thinking and who is that that who is that is listening? Who is the actual thinker of your thoughts? The immediate response might be, of course it's me, but if it is you, then why wouldn't you be able to just stop thinking since, since after all, it's just you, right? How can a part of yourself not act according to your will? Perhaps our mind is like any other cell or organ, carried on its duty unconsciously without our input in needed, like our heart beating or lungs breathing. The mind just thinks unasked and without input of our part. This would make sense most of the time, except there are instances where there are instances where we are seen able to focus, concentrate and direct our mind using our spiritual will. And it is this spiritual will that is the seat of intention and choice of our theme of consciousness. So what is going on here? Perhaps the mind can function both involuntarily as well as willfully. We just need notice the difference between the two. Make this distinction. Making this distinction is a colossal revelation in your hero's story. 
Once fully ripened, this newfound awareness will awaken you to the paradigm of epic empowerment. For when the mind's behaviours are seen for what they really are, life will never be the same again. The mind is a wonderful sermon, but a terrible master. And that quote was from Robin S. Sherman. So, what has the mind been up to when you're not paying attention? How much of it incessant chatter has been affecting your perceptions, experiences and mood? Have you ever really listened to your own thoughts? Some of it is coherent or focused, but most of the time it seems to just be happening. The inner dialogue goes on constantly and attempts to narrate every single moment of your life. Whether you want to hear it or not, it rambles on naming things, creating assumptions and giving its opinion moment after moment, all to provide itself with a sense of security or to make you believe that it is in control and that it is a real identity. The task at hand is to, at hand is to start to become aware of this constant dialogue that is happening inside your head and separate yourself from it. Become curious as to what each new moment might feel like if you just turn the voice off. Why are those people looking at me? This is so embarrassing. I'm not good at this. I keep this. I knew this would happen. She thinks she's so perfect, huh? So annoying. That was so stupid. I should have just done that. They should mow their lawn. What's the point of trying? This is so depressing. Why haven't he called me back yet? Maybe he's busy or maybe he just doesn't like me. I hope I don't get sick. Who's she? Wow, she's so sexy. I've never had any money. I can't wait to party this weekend. This is taking way too long. They should hurry up. Wow, people are stupid. I hate this. Screw them. I probably impressed them. Of course they're interested in me. I'm definitely the most attractive person here. These people are so uneducated and close-minded. I wonder how much money they made. This voice narrates and edits its perception of reality all the time, constantly feeding us its biased perceptive perception perspective, sorry. A perspective that we internalize and attribute as coming from me. But go a little deeper, it is us, then why can't we just stop it and control it? If we don't want to hear it, why won't it stop? Maybe the mind actually has an agenda of its own that is impersonal to us. So, liberation is arising right now. Come deep into this moment with us now. Read these words and ask yourself, who is listening? Really, who is listening to these words as you read them to yourself? And who is reading for that matter? Is it the eyes, perhaps the brain? The first place we must look to is the body. After all, we are these bodies, aren't we? But if we are the body, why is it that when our bodies change with age or is altered through illness or accident, we don't feel any less me? We always feel the same sense of I. It is only the body that seems to change around us with honest reflection. It seems with it. What is more accurate is that we have a body like a biological vehicle we're using to move through life, but it is not who we truly are. So then, who is reading, who is listening, if not the body? How about the voice of the mind that's narrating? Isn't it that? Isn't that me thinking? Aren't thoughts me talking to myself? But if we were out our thoughts, how would we have an awareness of them? 
How can our mind be me if it's reading and processing the thoughts for something that is able to listen? Instead, there seems to be an unmoving awareness behind and in between the thoughts that is aware of thoughts. By analogy, it's only the background of silence that allows for sound to be heard. So are we the sound of the silence or both? Wow, that's getting deep. There's still something more. There's still another layer of how conscious that we were overlooking. Who is even aware of all of this to begin with? Fundamentally, at our core, who is experiencing this human life? Who is processing the thoughts, hearing them, experiencing them? Who is experiencing the divine drama, taking in this reality we call life right now? To which we can't help but intuitively answer, I am. Is that not the name of divinity? Be still and I know that I am. And that phrase is from that phrase is from the Holy Bible, Psalms 46, chapter 30. I am the self-seated in the hearts of all creatures. I am the beginning, the middle, and the end of all beings. And that is the Brahagrad Gita, chapter 10, verse 20. I am a spark from the infinite. I am not flesh and bones. I am light. And that's Pushmasha Yogamanda. Wow. Interesting. So that's the end of chapter three. So next time is part two, chapter four, and it's called Liberation for the Mind. And chapter four is called Meet Your Mind. And this is where we're going to start getting deep. And so until next time, people. <laughs>